0: Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Welcome back to another episode of Vertical Momentum. I am your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, this is going to be a great episode with one of my friends. We've been friends for a long time. He's actually had me on his podcast, um, which is truly amazing, which just won Marine Podcast of the year. So, uh, guys, welcome. And we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. We're going to be talking about his military service and also what he's doing in the natural plant industry. But first, I want to thank our sponsors. As you guys know, my sponsors are veterans 100% of the time. Um, As you guys know, I love my energy drinks, but now that I'm an old fart, I'm only allowed to have one a day. So the one that I choose is a product called... um, physics zero by jason lane curtis he's also a, a veteran of bonvera so if you guys love energy drinks with no crash and no sugar check out physics Zero. Juan, my brother what's going on
1: what's up brother it's been a while man how you doing sir
0: oh man you know what life is so good brother uh, i'm just enjoying life uh, and i want to tell you first of all i'm so proud of you for winning that award man i think that's awesome
1: no, oh, brother. It's a it's a it's a it's an absolute blessing, dude. You know, it's because of people like you that have been doing this for a while with this, with, with with the comeback coach and vertical momentum, and you just continue pursuing yourself, you and like Travis Johnson and all you great guys out there that have been doing this for a while, you guys give me motivation to continue going forward and continue doing what I'm doing. And i love what I'm doing, brother. Like it's a it's an honor, it's an actual ab- absolute blessing, but I couldn't have done it without without all my fans coming out. All my fans and all my guests I've had on the show—that's what's helped me tremendously with with doing the podcast.
0: You know, and uh, and Travis Johnson has an amazing um, amazing book out, ebook that actually helps with your podcast. So if anybody's looking to start a podcast, I would definitely recommend picking up his podcast book because it actually helped me get on. Now we're on fifty different platforms, so you definitely need to check out that book. It's worth its weight in gold. But first, you know, so talk to us, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you grew up, and what kind of little boy was Juan?
1: Oh, myself. Wow. So, so I am. So, yes, my name is Juan Garcia. I go by Sergeant G. I host the podcast called The Stone Vet USMC, which has won the top Marine Corps podcast in the world right now, which is an amazing blessing. Like I said, I spent nine years in the Marine Corps, two tours that the desert, and you know, after doing my time in the desert and stuff like that, dude. I mean, the biggest, the biggest struggle that we have, my passion, like yourself, Richard, is is, is veterans, right? Is how can we help our our community? How can we help our people I'm trying to find their purpose again after getting out after serving after serving their country for so long? And it's a big struggle. It's one. Of, it's one of the biggest struggles that we have as veterans is how how in the world do I? What do I do now? Where do I go? What do I do? You ain't got Sergeant G in the corner telling you, hey. You need to be here at this time. This is the uniform of the day. We're doing this, this, this and this. And then you you got your whole day planned for you. Right. Because Sergeant G planned it out for you. And now that you get out of active duty service, it's like Sergeant G ain't telling me what to do no more. No, I'm not. you got to figure out how to do it yourself. And so, I mean, the whole purpose of of my of my of my show, the Stone Vet USMC. Right. Granted, a lot of people aren't aren't fond of the name. But my goal is to help educate people off the, the medicinal benefits of cannabis and CBD to help get off the pharmaceuticals that the VA continues shoving down their throats. We we so, I mean, there's so, hold there's on, so many. Hold on. hold on a second, brother. You, I want to go back. <laughs> you want to go back further? In, huh?
0: I want to hop in the Wayback Machine because I want to get to know the man behind the microphone. So take us back to when you were a little boy. What was Juan like growing so for- up?
1: for myself man i mean i don't i have a horrible memory I, you can you can talk to my wife me and my wife we're going on 22 years this april and she'll tell you i got a, i got a horrible me- memory man i'm one of those guys you'll tell me your name and two minutes later i'll forget your name when you introduce yourself to me and we sat and talked for 30 minutes i'll forget your name but i have a horrible memory but i think that 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 stems from the use of cannabis when i was a younger kid you know because like i said you have to you have to do medical research to see what's going on so myself man I, i've grown up in oklahoma all my life you know i i i I was born in Texas. My, my parents moved up here to be, my dad moved up here to Oklahoma to be with his brother who was in the Air Force, working here at Tinker Air Force Base. And so they moved up to Oklahoma when I was, and I was probably like maybe one or two years old. I wasn't old, that old at all. So I don't, I don't even remember the, the move, you know? And so for myself, I mean, childhood was just normal, you know? My parents split up when I was on my 12th birthday. They split up right before my 12th birthday, which, which sucks, you know, like anybody else. So I grew up in a broken home majority of my life. From the age of 12 till I, till I joined the Marine Corps at the age of 17. During my yep. time, during my time, when I was a child, when I was an adolescent, when I was a teenager, you know, that, that for us, for us boys, for us men, that's very, that's very influential to who we become when we grow up, right? Because it's, it's very impactful of how we set ourselves up for the future, you know? And, and being a kid without my father, my father wasn't around. He, he, he was in and out, you know. He was trying to figure himself out. He's, a, he's an Afghan war vet as well now. And um, he was trying to figure it out, too. He was trying to figure out life. Like, I mean, and he still is. I mean, he's, 60, he's 63 years old sixty three years old right now. And it's tough, you know what I'm saying? Being, being a veteran is tough trying to figure out life. especially I, I know for women, I'm sure it is, but women have that motherly in, instinct. To help, to help their children, right? My mom worked a lot. She worked a lot. She worked a, She so, so I'm first generation. I'm first generation for my family here in America. Both of, them are, both of them were illegals. They both got their green cards now. And they're both doing it, you know? They're, they're, they're trying to strive and trying to make it. But like I said, my father's 63 years old. He's still working at 9 to 5. My mom's 59 years old, working 9 to 5. Like, there's no retirement future ever for them because they were never taught and never learned how to how to set themselves up for retirement, you know. So now what year did you join the Marine Corps? So I joined the Marine Corps in 2001. I joined, right. like, I joined before 9-11, before the towers were hit and everything. I was I was in there January of 2001. All right. I so us, joined-
0: You know, because um, I love everybody's recruiting story. So tell <laughs> the day you walked into the recruiter's office. <laughs>
1: I didn't ever. I never walked in the recruiter's office. So, so like I said, I was, I was, a, I was a bad kid. I dropped out of high school in my sophomore year, six months into my sophomore year. I Dropped out of high school, and said I don't want to do this no more because I got in trouble for jumping the fence to go to school. They said they were suspending me from school for jumping the fence to go to school, not to leave school. And so I dropped out, you know. And I was like, I got, I had to do something, you know. I, I had a, I was like, I got to get a GED or I got to get something. So here in Oklahoma, they have a. Um, they have they have a youth academy ran by the National Guard by the Oklahoma National Guard here, and so it's like a six month boot camp. You go in there and you know you do boot camp crap, and then one of the rewards you get is that you get a GED upon graduation. And I told myself, I said, I gotta have something. I can't just not have. I can't just not have a high school diploma or a GED or anything, so that I could be, so I could do something with my life, you know. And so I went to boot camp. And then when I graduated boot camp, you know, I had met my wife while I was in the Thunderbird Youth Academy. I met her like when I was on, I was I was about to graduate. I was about I met her in April and I graduated in June. So three months before I graduated, I met her on one of my vacations that they give us. They give you like a weekend off or whatever. And so I met her and. Uh, for her as well, she she grew up. She never had both her parents. She grew up, She grew up in the system. She was actually in the foster care system here in Oklahoma. And anyway, and you guys know how the foster care system works in any state that you live in, you know, how horrible and how, how, how corrupted it could be, you know, especially for children that don't have parents involved in their lives and they, they have to go to the state, you know? And so one of the biggest things for me was that, you know, I was in love, I'm in love with it. I was in love with it at the time as a child. I was only, I graduated, I was 16 years old when I, when I, when I graduated the youth academy, right? I had just turned 17. I had just turned 17 when I graduated. And um, the freaking Marine recruiter knocked on my door. They kept knocking on my doors. I want, I want you to join the Marine, uh, Marine Corps. i seen that you graduated from Thunderbird. I, I think it'd be beneficial for you to join the Marine Corps. And I'm like, I don't want to join the Marine Corps because one of my instructors was, was a Marine. Was a, was, a, was a Marine. A Marine. And I was like, no, I saw how crazy that dude was. There's no way that i could be in the marine corps like I, that you i mean you guys already know to be a marine you are like those guys are crazy there's no way i could go through that boot camp right everybody knows that everybody's like those are the craziest people dude that's like the worst that's like the worst boot camp to ever go to you know but but for me for me my goal was to my goal was to get me and my wife out of where we were at i had to get out of the i had to get out of the neighborhood i had to get i, I just had to leave the state you know like a lot of us growing up When we join the military, that's what a lot of our our goals is, is we got to get out of the state. We got to get out of where we're at, because if not, we're going to become part of the statistic that's there. Right. I still got friends now. I've been out since 2009. I still got guys still doing the same crap I was doing when I was in 2001 before I joined, you know. And so that that was my that was my thing. So the recruiter, you know, I told my I told I told my wife, I was like, what do you want? I was like, do you want me to be a reservist or should I go active duty? And her thing was like, you do you. You do whatever you think is going to be beneficial for you. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Why are you telling me these things? I want to do what's best for us. She's like, no, because if we don't work out, you I don't want you to think that it was my fault that you didn't do what you wanted to do. And I was like, damn it, dude. <laughs> I was like, man. Because being a reservist, what, one week in a month, two weeks a year? Yeah, I could do that. But I didn't have a job or anything. So I was like, what, what am I supposed to do? If I only do one week in a month, two weeks a year, like, what am I supposed to, what 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 kind of career am I supposed to set myself up? I'm 17 years old. What am I supposed to be actually doing? You know, I didn't have no, I wasn't, my family don't have a business to where I can go to work for them or go work with them, you know, doing, doing what they're doing. They're working nine to five. They still punching a clock every day, you know? And so I decided to go active duty. I went active duty and it was, it, it was
0: beneficial. Did you go to
1: South Carolina? No, I didn't go to Paris Island. I was I'm a Hollywood Marine. I went to San Diego. So so the the way they decide is that if you're east of the Mississippi, you go to San you go to Paris Island, South Carolina. And if you're west of the Mississippi, you go to San Diego, California. And luckily for me, I was west of the Mississippi because I tell people I'd rather deal with the mountains than the sand fleas. Yeah. So how did you did you take to the military? So you know what? I did I did nine years in the Marine Corps. I did two enlistments in the Marine Corps, you know. For me, for me, when I first joined, like any other young freaking any young service member, I'm like, I'm gonna make this a career. I'm gonna make a career out of this, right? Because it's, it's easy, right? It's easy until you got a wife and kids. <laughs> you gotta look at, man, I got, I got, I gotta do something better, you know. After my, after my second deployment, I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this no more, you know. So, so now,
0: now you th- you said you did two deployments. Yes. Um, now, when you came back from your second deployment. Did you notice anything was off or did you come back okay mentally?
1: Hell no. I was screwed up the first time I came back. I came back in 03. We came back right after the invasion in 03. And my wife will tell you, she's like, you were so screwed up. Like I was just just my anger, just everything in general. And so I've had this crap going on with me right now since 2003 that I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing in my life. I'm trying to figure out. I got anger issues. I yell. I cuss. I scream. I'm working on it, though. I'm getting better. It's taking years. I'm telling you, it's taking 15, 20 years, and I'm still, you know, I'm still, like, still trying to figure it out. It's been about 15 years now, and I'm still trying to figure it out, you know? Like, okay, you can't act like that. You can't you can't yell. You can't scream. You got to watch your language and stuff like that. And it's hard. I mean, trust me, it's super hard.
0: So, and, you, you hit nine years, and right. now, you know, a lot of people, you know, usually, like, if you get to that 10th year, you're like, screw it. I might as well do the whole thing. Right. You know, now what was your thought process in getting out? And this could be a two part question because a lot of, you know, people that I've interviewed now, now we're up to 360 interviews, I think. Um, a lot of them, when we get out, you know, even though we're all hardcore who, you know, we get, <laughs> get, get, we get used to getting paid on the first and the 15th. Right. You know, We get used to getting TRICARE. Uh, We get, you know, and then when we get, when we leave the military, you know, like my friend Sergeant Nick says, you know, the military does not give a shit about you once you step off base. So a lot of people get, you know, they, they get lost because they lose their, they lose their mission. They lose their job. And then they lose their friends because, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So what was your transitioning like and what was your thought process in getting out?
1: So my my transition, it it sucked. So when I got out, so I got out, so after I got back from Iraq in 05, right, I, I my my I had re-enlisted. I had re-enlisted because in the Marine Corps, one of the one of the perks of re-enlisting is that you get your choice of duty station. And I'm like, oh, cool, cool, cool. You know, I get I get a choice of duty station. And so I re-enlisted so I could get stationed in, in Fort Worth, Texas. There's a small little base here in Fort Worth in Texas that's only a couple of hours from Oklahoma City from where I'm from. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll get stationed there. And if anything, I'll just make Texas my new residence, my new home of residence. And I just start buying my house and getting everything set up and having the government pay for my house, right? Like majority of people do. And uh, it didn't happen. They said there's no openings. And so they decided to deploy me back to Iraq for a second time. And I was like, golly, dude, you know. After my after my nine-month deployment, I came back and my chief told me, he's like, hey, boss, you've been here way too long. I said, you're telling me I re-enlisted to get out of this 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 hellhole. I, I re-enlisted to get out of this duty station. I was ready for something new. And he's like, Let me call the monitor because he, he, he had a buddy. He had he, a buddy of his. He he worked with uh with the transition with, with, with when you PCS. He was a, he was one of the monitors that helped people PCS to a duty stations that were open, and he knew where all the openings were, you know. And I I we we went and talked and said, Hey, I re-enlisted so I could go to JRB and down in Fort Worth, Texas. And he's like, There's no openings. And I said, you got to be freaking kidding me, dude. Like, seriously? And so I went back. I told my wife, I said, hey, where do you want to go, sweetheart? Because it's, it's East Coast, West Coast, or overseas. And I, I was like, well, I don't want to go back. To, I don't want to go back to Okinawa. So East Coast or West Coast, you know? And so I was I was at New River and I could have went to Camp Lejeune. That's right up the street, you know, which wouldn't have, you know, it would have sucked. But I mean, she, she loved Jacksonville, North Carolina. She loved it. And so. I told her. I said, "Where do you want to go?" She like, "Let's go to Hawaii." I said, "No, no, 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 no. You hear about people who go to Hawaii all the time. You hear about those people, but you you never get the luxury of actually going to Hawaii, you know." And you know, I went back the next day. He called the monitor back up again, and he the monitor's like, "Hey, Hawaii just opened up." I was like, "Are you kidding me?" He's like, "No, nah, there's an opening for you to go." And I said, "To send me." i was like let's go let's go to hawaii send me and i told my wife i said we're going to hawaii and the monitor's like well i got to extend your contract for another year i said that's fine you sending me hawaii I'll, I'll extend it for another year and so i spent my last three years in the marine corps at marine corps base hawaii which was which was luxury you know but for me i mean the transition itself the transition that i had i mean i had i had my second son with me and uh they told me, they said, hey, it's time for you to be a recruiter now. And I said, no, I'm getting out. There's no way. Like my, my contract was coming to an end and it was like reenlist and become a recruiter or get out. And for me, I was like, no, no, hands down, I'm getting out because in the Marine Corps, you have to do uh, 90 percent of Marines have to do a billet, whether it's a drill instructor or it is a Marine recruiter. And we already know that's a three year term. It's a contract. It's a three year contract that you that you're dedicating your life to either recruiting or drill instructor. And we both know both those jobs suck because you're never home. It's like a three year deployment. You're never home. You're at home when everybody you go. You're at home when everybody's you get home when everybody's asleep and you leave before everybody wakes up. Just hands down, is just how it is. It's just a lot of work, you know? And then on the weekends as a recruiter, you're going, you're doing events, you're recruiting people from, you're traveling across the state. You're you're doing a lot, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, Depending on how, how, how wide your radius is, you know?
0: I like working retail where you're working every, yeah. every weekend and every night. <laughs> I,
1: every holiday and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so for me, I was like, it's time to get out. Man, for me, I didn't have anything. Like I said, my mom and dad are still punching nine to five, working for somebody else. So when I got out, I didn't have anything. I had the money in my wallet. I had the money in, the, in my, my bank account. I didn't have a house. I didn't have anything. I just had my car, my clothes, and I had my wife and my son. And we were just, it was time to get out. We just knew the time had come to an end. And so we got out. We decided, hey, let, let's go do something else. Let's figure something out. And we got out. And, you know, that was probably the, one of the best decisions I ever made was just getting out, you know. But it does suck with that transitioning because, like, like, like your brother said, When you cut ties with the military, they want nothing to do with you. They're not there to help you anymore. They're not there to make sure you're taken care of. And that's one of the biggest struggles that we have as veterans is that there's no resources out there. There, There's no one website you can go to to find resources in your area, you know?
0: Well, now, you know, I talked to General Petraeus and we were talking about transitioning and I brought up the point, you know, before we get deployed, we do like a three or four month train up. And I think that before we, you know, get out of the military, we need to do a three or four months train down. And he, he said he's going to bring that up to the to, to the chiefs of staff. So what are your thoughts on that? On, you know, like when we're going to war, that we do a train up to go overseas. What do you think about doing a train down once we're getting ready to get out of the military? What are your thoughts on that? Can you hear me? yep can you hear me you got me you got me brother I can hear you brother but I, I don't think you can hear me <laughs> uh, I don't know something happened with our with the mic so make sure that your um, settings make sure that your settings are on can Make sure your mic is on. Sometimes it has a problem with the microphones. So make sure you're set for the microphone. Because I can hear you perfectly. All right. I'm going to try this one more time. I'm going to resend a new link. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, brother? You got to make sure that your microphone is on. Can you hear me? It's not liking me. I can hear you.
1: Okay, so you can hear me now?
0: Yep. I can hear you. Can
1: you hear me? Okay. So we're good now. Can you hear me? I can hear you.
0: All right. So what, what we're talking about is, you know, we do like a three or four months train up when we're going to join right. the very,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, when I was talking with Joshua David Lenny, that was one of the things we were doing. We talk about, because you train, and you train and you train and you train. You train for boot camp. And then in the Marine Corps, you have MCT after boot camp. So it's more combat training. And then once you graduate from there, you still got to go to your MOS school or whatever schooling you go into. And then that schooling is what anywhere between 90 days to a year long, you know. So you're training, 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 right? You, you got to figure the first year when you join the military, it's all training to, to prepare you to be this amazing soldier, marine, airman, guardian, whatever you, whatever branch you join And so after that, whenever it's time to get out, they give you a two week crash course to say, here you go, go to this class and it's supposed to prepare you for the civilian life. And you're like, wait, I just spent a year. I just spent the last three years being a Marine and soldier or whatever the case may be. And now you're giving me two weeks to figure out how to be a civilian again.
0: Now. um, So when you got out and you know, like when I got out, I thought the world was going to open up to me because I was a veteran. Um, and but like Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. So what was it like when you got out? How did you feed your family? How did you feed the kids? So,
1: yeah, like I said, I mean, so so like I said, we were, we, were, we were smart. We saved up a little bit of money. and Luckily for me, for me, it was a blessing. I was able to get hired on at the Air Force Base here within six months after exiting marine corps or yeah when i got out of the marine corps i got marine corps in october i had a job in march of 2010 when i uh so it, it wasn't that long you know i was collecting my unemployment like you know a lot of people don't tell you you can collect unemployment when you get out of military you know you can collect the unemployment and then hopefully if you had a good service officer you got some kind of disability started for getting out of service you know and so that's one of the things that, that a lot of people like I said and that's one of the biggest struggles I'm having right now, but I'm working with a lot of great veterans. like I, I've built my network so massively that I'm working with a lot of great veterans that are starting to put resources together, starting to create websites for resources and stuff like that, you know and they help 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 us figure out what do I do now after I get out you know because a lot of us we get out and we're like, I don't want to go work for somebody else. I did that for however long serving. And, like, I hated that. I hated having to report to somebody on a regular basis, which sucks. We all understand that. It sucks when you have to go do something that you don't enjoy doing because we did it while we were in service. After so long, I mean, some of us love it. Some of us love being in service. But after a while, it's like, dude, I really don't like doing this anymore, you know. it's something clicks, it's like I don't want to do this anymore, you know. So for me, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't. It wasn't too bad of a transition when I got out, you know. I got out and, you know, I had a, we had a little bit of money saved up and I had a little bit of money coming in from unemployment and my disability check because I had a decent VSO. She got me hooked up. But I mean, even when you get out, like I said, I, when I started, I started out at 30% disability. It took me 11 years to get my 100% disability finally. And I just got it just, was it March of this year? I believe it was July of this year. I can't remember. It was, I just got it this year though, not too long ago. And it has been a tremendous blessing with that because now it helps open up so many more doors now to be like, oh, okay, I see this now. I see. I see what's going on, you know. And so but for a lot of people, like I tell people, it sucks dude, because nobody like you said, when you get out of the military, they don't they don't give two craps about you anymore. They're done with you. They don't want nothing. They don't they don't need you anymore because you said you didn't want to do anything with them anymore. You know, and so the transition can't the transition sucks.
0: So when did the entrepreneurial bug bite you? When did you start getting interested in being? An I,
1: I've been very interested. I'm still not there yet. My wife is there. She started her own business now, and I've been helping. I've been helping her with that. And so for me, I've I've kind of always thought about it. Like, huh, how could I do this? Could I really do this, or no? You know, because the struggle it sucks. You know, and for me, running this podcast now, starting this podcast it has allowed me to open up more doors. Like I said, I've met some amazing people. We're over a hundred episodes now. We are over a hundred episodes now. And it has just been, it's been tremendously, it's been tremendous with the, with the brothers and sisters that I've met. Because like I said, what I do is I try to help promote what they're doing. I try to help promote their small business to help get them up and running, you know? and And just to help promote what they're doing because they took a leap of faith and said, I want to do this now. And so for me, I I guess ever since starting this podcast, the entrepreneur bug has bit me and said, hey, because there's so much more money that could be made when you when you work for yourself, you can make so much more money because, you know, the market, you know, is it harder? Yeah, it's a lot harder because nothing's put in your lap. But but there's a lot more. There's a lot more things for you to be like, hey, I could do that. This guy's doing that. Maybe I can get into something like that and do that as well. You know, and that, that's what I try to do is try to, with my show. That's what my show is, is hopefully help excite somebody to think, could I do something? Could, like I want to start something, but I don't know what what I could do. You know, I don't know what, what it is. I want to do something, but I don't know what it is. But. If you see some of the great guests I've had on my show, some of the great brothers and sisters I bring on my show, it could incite people to be like, oh, I think I could do that. Because you can do it in your area because somebody may not be doing it in your area and you could benefit. It could benefit you in your area, wherever you live.
0: Okay, so now let's talk about plant medicine for a little bit, because I just interviewed a gentleman yesterday and he actually sent me some products to try. So um, I had him on and we actually went through each and every one of the products, um, it, CBD products. Now, so talk to us about how you started using plant medicine to help sh- with the struggle with PTS and all that stuff.
1: Absolutely, brother. So so for me, I'm, I'm a, it's an honor. You know, what I'm saying one of my biggest sponsors, my wife, my wife owns Rafa 180, and she's been studying natural remedies for the past 15 years natural healings that are out there, not just cannabis, not just CBD, not just hemp, but your lavenders, your turmeric, your, 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 there's just so many different, there's so many different natural remedies out there that a lot of people don't know about because they're not educated on it. The biggest goal of the stone vet is to help educate, 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 because you don't know what you don't know, right? That's what I tell my kids. You don't know what you don't know. And I can't hold you accountable for something you don't know. And so when it comes to, like, medicinal benefits of cannabis, medicinal benefits of hemp, CBD, understanding what what it takes to be able to help get you off the pharmaceuticals. Because, like, any one of us, any one of us can be on anywhere between one to 15 pills a day. You know, I was talking to a gentleman not too long ago. He said he takes about 10,000 pills a year. I was like, that's insane. You know, that's, that's so many pills because... Like I said, my wife, my wife's been studying natural healing for the past 15 years and she has doctors like she goes and helps educate doctors and pharmacists and tribes here in Oklahoma. And one of the one of her friends who's a doctor. said, once you get on three different medications, so say say you're on a medication, you got to take another medication for the side effects and then you got to take another medication for those side effects. They said once you get on three to four, three to four med- medications, the pill, the original pill that you're taking to help with whatever it was is no longer working. You, you just defeated the purpose of that pill, you know, and if you read a lot of these pills, like go read if you're on anti-anxiety medication, you know, that big piece of paper that they, they stuff in the bag with the medication that provides you with what's in the pill, the side effects and stuff like that. Go and read what one of the side effects is of anti-anxiety medication. The number one thing with anti-anxiety medication is anxiety. A side effect of anti-anxiety medication is anxiety, and so it's kind of like, why am I taking an anti-anxiety medication if it's going to give me anxiety, right? And so a lot of the things what I what I try to do on my show is try to help educate those wanting to get out of pharmaceuticals, wanting to actually find natural healing, natural remedies because. When it comes to the cannabis plant, like if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna go straight to the cannabis plant, you want to start using cannabis, right? One of the things you have to understand when it goes when you get into the cannabis plant is a terpene profile of that plant. If you smell flowers, roses smell different than lilies, lilies smell different than dandelions, dandelions smell different than sunflowers, right? All those smells are the terpenes that are in that flower. Every flower has a terpene profile, that's what gives it its scent. And so it's the same thing with the cannabis plant. So you have your Indicas, Indicas, and you have your Indicas, a lot, a lot of people that I have met like Indicas because it's more calming, you know, and then you have your sativas that are more uplifting, more, more energy uplifting, right? But it's not energy like Red Bull and stuff like that. It's just more, it, it triggers different, different proprietaries in the mind. And then you have your hybrids and your hybrids can be anywhere from an Indica, indica dominant hybrid to a Sativa dominant hybrid. And But it, and it is one of the biggest things that I tell people is that you have to look at the terpene profile. There, I want to say there's like 27 different terpenes. There may be more. I'm sure there probably is more. But if you look at the terpene profiles, each terpene does something different. One helps with anxiety. One helps with pain management. One helps with depression. One helps with PTSD. And what's great, my brother Brian Buckley over at Hellman Valley Grow Company, He has actually got a a multi-million dollar research project going on right now. And he said by the end of the research project, he's actually going to have strain-specific what helps with what. This helps with anxiety. This helps with depression. This helps with sleep. This helps with whatever, you know. He's actually going to have strains of cannabis that tells you exactly what it's good for because he'll be able to tell you what terpene profile it has. You know, and that's why that's why I want to help educate people is understanding the terpene profiles that are in the cannabis plant, how it helps treat different things that we deal with on a regular basis, you know. And then you go over to the hemp. I call hemp like the ugly cousin, the ugly cousin of cannabis, you know, because it don't get you high. It's not it's it's intended purpose is not to get you high, but it's intended purpose is to help treat your anxiety, your depression, pain management, you know, without the high. And That's what I love about Rafa 180 is that they provide a 100% THC-free product because right now THC is still federally legal, which is another battle that I'm fighting right now with the federal with the federal legalization of it right now.
0: Okay, so now I have, a, I, and like I said, uh, the same questions that I and the, and the guys from he's from Oklahoma, mm. and he's also a veteran. So of course, gonna, I want to you know hook hook you guys up so maybe you guys can chat and you know. Hook, because I'm all about collaboration, you know what I mean?
1: No, absolutely. And that's what that's what, what it's all about. I mean, that's what I love about doing that's what I love about doing my show is that I, I try to ne- I network with people. I help brothers and sisters meet other brothers and sisters that are in the same interest groups. You know, so now
0: you have a veteran, of course, you know, it was like pretty much 80% of the that listen to my show are veterans and they're entrepreneurs. Right. Um, you know, they may be getting a hundred percent what but they might be afraid of, hey, you know if I start getting off the medication and start using, you know, plant medicines, maybe they're going to drop my rating. You you ever heard that before?
1: No, absolutely. So, so actually I I just had a guest on my show not too long ago. She's a civilian. She goes by the name of Don Ann. she's actually a caregiver in the state of Michigan. She's a cannabis caregiver in the state of Michigan. And so her uncle, her uncle is a uh, Vietnam war veteran. You know, he just, he passed away recently due to cancer. And she's a she's a four-time cancer survivor herself, and she believes in the medicinal benefits of cannabis, right? Because that's what saved her life through all four stages of cancer that she's had, and four different because she's had four different can four different types of cancer so far. And uh, she believes in in plant medicine. She believes in the cannabis plant and the hemp plant and what it had what how it saved her life. And one of the things she was doing, like I said, she's a caregiver. She helps people understand and help people learn about the cannabis plant and she she was trying to help her uncle out who's a v like i said a vietnam war veteran who suffered from agent orange which we all know is one of the biggest things from vietnam is agent orange and uh she tried to get him set up with his rso oil some cannabis oil and stuff like that and um he refused to take it because during the time this was back in 2006 during that era it was a fight right we, this was a huge fight with the With the VA and stuff, because during that era of 2004, between like 2004 and I'd probably say 2012, 2015 time frame. Yeah, they they, they said they would take your benefits from you. But like I said, myself and not only myself, but my brothers over at Veteran Action Council and a lot of other brothers and sisters who have been fighting the federal legalization of this. We have actually made it to the VA and the VA is like, we will not take your benefits away from you. If you use cannabis, you just need to make sure that you use you use the can you you need to let us know that you're using cannabis so we can get you off of the the pharmaceuticals so we can get you off the pain relievers because they want to try to treat treat what you're dealing with with cannabis. Granted that it's still federally illegal, they can't prescribe cannabis to you, you know. And so that's that's one of the that's one of the things that a lot of people have been scared of. A lot of people have been scared that. Oh, if I tell them I use cannabis, then it's not going to, then it, then I'm going to get my rating taken away from me. Right. And, but that's not the case anymore now here in 2021, because like I had mentioned before, we have fought and we have had our people, we've had our our brothers and sisters have been fighting to ensure that that doesn't happen. Right. Because why should we get, why would, why should we get in trouble for, for a plant, right? It's just a plant. It's not, I mean, we, we, we can, we, we can drink because a lot of us have do become alcoholics, right? After, after. So that's one of the things we learned in the military is how to become an alcoholic, you know,
0: <laughs> that was me. I was a professional. Yeah.
1: Right. You know? And so one of the thing, one one of the things that's upsetting though, right now is that if we do tell our VA doctors that we use cannabis, They classify us under CUD, which is cannabis use overdose, which is a horrible, which is a horrible thing to say, is that if I use cannabis and if I tell you I use cannabis, you're telling me that I fall under cannabis use disorder. Cannabis use disorder is what it is. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. You know, And so this is what I'm fighting. Like recently, this past Saturday, I just went to the Oklahoma GOP office. They're having a meeting in regards to cannabis, right? Because in Oklahoma, we are a medicinal state. We do use medicinal cannabis, right? We are legal in the medicinal state. And we are putting together, they're actually putting together right now a, a bill to vote for adult use cannabis to get out of the medicinal side and start having it as an adult use state, right? And so, my like I said, my brothers over the Veteran Action Council had actually created the 62-page document showing the, the research and the medicinal benefits of cannabis to help us as veterans that suffer from PTS, anxiety, depression, why it's important that the legal, this legalization happens. And I presented them the 62-page document, and you should have just seen everybody was just in awe, like, wow, like they didn't even know this existed, this document existed. But that's my goal. That's what I try to tell people is that your job as a veteran is to advocate. You have to advocate. You have to fight for what you believe in because nobody else is going to do it for you. And so I presented them. I presented my my state legislature with a 62-page document in regards to the legalization of cannabis for us in the veteran community. Because if you read the document, it's only 62 pages, so it's not going to take you all day to read, you know. It, it states in there, it's like any of us that are on blood pressure medication, or if we have diabetes and we have to take an injection, or whatever, we can cross state lines with our medicine, right? And we won't get in trouble. But God forbid I take an ounce of weed with me when I'm traveling across the country, and I get pulled over in a state that doesn't allow cannabis. Now, I'm had, now it's a federal offense because it's still federally illegal that I was carrying my medicine with me across state lines. And so this is why we're fighting for the federal legalization in our country to ensure that we don't get in trouble for carrying our medicine across state lines.
0: So now, like I said, you know, he, he sent me, um, he sent me a lotion. He sent me a gummy and also the oils. Now, a lot of people, you know, they, they, it still has the stigma. So you know, and me being in recovery, I can't have anything with any kind of THC in it. So if it, it does the THC stuff help also, or is it just, does it have to have the THC in it?
1: Well, when you, when you combine, so we all, all of us have an endocannabinoid system. You can look it up in the NIH.gov. If you go to NIH.gov, it's part of the major research that the government has, right? That's where they put out a lot of their research, a lot of the research that has been done It'll, on nih.gov and you can see in the under endocannabinoid system you can see the importance of the endocannabinoid system and wow everybody has an endocannabinoid system right mm-hmm. yeah so back back during like world war II era right everything was done in hemp the cows that were grazing in the fields they were eating hemp so hemp was in our meat you know they made hemp hemp ropes hemp clothing hemp was everywhere during the world war II time frame you know and so, but ever since past then, when they, when they, when they, when they said no more, you can't grow hemp anymore. So Oklahoma is a very big hemp state. We were very big, you know, I actually been working with Empire Genetics here in Oklahoma. And they actually have a contract with, with the Northwestern Oklahoma State University in growing hemp and understanding the importance of hemp and why we need CBD in our bodies, cannabidiol into our bodies because we have an endocannabinoid system that craves it. So when you use THC and CBD together, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing because the THC. So for me, when I was able to use THC, I loved it. I love being high because I didn't have to be in my head, which a lot of us suffer from. A lot of us suffer from a lot of thoughts that we deal with on a regular basis, right? And when i'm high i don't have to think about that stuff i'm able to enjoy myself and able to work and able to function right a lot of people think oh he's a stoner he's not he, he just gets high just to get high no 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 you know how you you meet people who are functioning alcoholics mm-hmm. I'm a functioning stoner i like to be stoned when i when i when i was able to smoke i like i loved being stoned because I was, I could focus on my job. I could focus on what was going on in front of me. I wasn't thinking about this or that or this or that or that because that's our heads. We're always thinking about the next thing. We're always thinking about what am I supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be doing that. I got this, I got that, I got this, but when I'm high, I'm no longer in pain and I can focus on what's right in front of me and I, and I I I don't worry about everything else going on around me. I can focus what's going on in front of me, you know? And so when you use THC and CBD together, I mean, For me, when I smoke, I usually I like to smoke using both CBD flower and THC flower. For me, I like to be a little bit higher. I like I like the head shift. So I use a little bit more THC to CBD ratio. But when you can find that perfect balance, it's almost euphoric. You know, that's what I tell people. It's almost euphoric because now you feel like an eight year old kid. You're no longer in pain. You're not in your head thinking about everything, every problem you're dealing with in life that day. You can actually relax and go do whatever you want to enjoy yourself to actually just enjoy what you're doing for the day. Because I think it's a lot. A lot of the time for us as veterans, the days just go by and we forget to enjoy the day. We forget to enjoy what's right in front of us. We're oh, we're too worried about everything else that's going on around us. You know, and so oh. for for one of the things, how you said you, you you're a recovering addict, you know. And you don't, you can't use THC. That's one of the things I challenge people with because CBD and THC actually helps with the addictions. If you're struggling with addictions, it actually helps. I've had, we've actually had alcoholics stop drinking when they started using THC and CBD, and it has been phenomenal for them. They're like, "Yeah, I don't have, I don't crave drinking anymore. I don't, I'm not an alcoholic anymore." You know?
0: Yep. So now, obviously, when you know you started your podcast. And I was like one of the first guests on there. Yeah, and you I'm, were, you were. <laughs> and I'm truly grateful for you having me on there. And um, but you know, I'm sure w- once people started hearing a name, you had a little bit of backlash from some
1: people. Oh no, I, I did. Yeah, I, I actually over at the Vet, Veteran Action Council, there was an older gentleman on there. He got he got upset with me. He messaged me and said, "Your name's offensive, the Stone Vet." And I was like, "Why is that offensive, sir?" You know, because he's an older gentleman. I don't. I want to know why you you fight for the legalization of cannabis. But I call my show the stone vet, and you say that's offensive. For me, I said, I like to know why it's offensive, you know. Well, it's that stigma. I said, but that's what I'm doing, is breaking that stigma of understanding what it means to be stoned. Yeah, I like to be the stone vet. I like to be stoned. Don't get me wrong. There are days, it's like I tell people, when the weekend comes around, a lot of people like to abuse alcohol and they'll get smashed drunk, you know, they'll get sloshy, nasty, drunk and wake up the next day like how did i get here what am i doing right i said the different. i said for me do i like what, did i like it, overindulging in cannabis yeah i did there are days where i was just i would just sit around i had to make sure that i didn't have nothing else planned for the day and i would just smoke or i would just do my edibles or do whatever i needed to knowing i didn't have anything else to do that day i could actually just relax and watch movies and just chill and just or watch football whatever the case may be a lot of people have that stigma stoned stoned the stone vet. Uh, da, da, da. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Why, why is that? Why why do you find it offensive? Well, it just means you don't do nothing but eat Doritos and watch TV. No, 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 no. Could I? Yes, I definitely could. As very much as well as you could drinking a fit of Jack on your day off. You know, the difference between you and me, when you wake up, you're trying to figure out how you got where you're at. When I, when I wake up, I realize, dang, I was, I slept really good and my body doesn't hurt anymore. And I wake up and I'm able to go. I'm not dealing with the hangover. I'm not dealing with, if I peed myself or crapped myself in the middle of the night while I was sleeping, I just wake up and like, okay, well, I got to go get done. I go get my stuff done. I'm not dealing with the hangover. You know, I'm not dealing with dehydration, <laughs> you know, because yeah. one of the biggest struggles as an alcoholic, you deal with dehydration and hangovers, right? Yep,
0: that's why a lot of um, uh, alcoholics, that's why their kidneys eventually give out, because they're always in a state of dehydration,
1: you know? Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So now talk to us about, you know, for the last couple of minutes, we're going to talk about podcasting. (coughs) Now I'm actually starting to teach people how to podcast and how to um, get ranked and stuff like that. So now you have uh, over 100 episodes in. What was something you wish you would have known then that you know now? oh that.
1: brother let me see it that, that's a good that's a super good question i you know what i don't know because it's a it's a learning experience you know when i get on the i get a lot I, i'm on a lot of facebook groups and a lot of people are like oh i'm starting a podcast and i'm always like welcome to the podcast world because i mean it, it honestly and truly is a learning experience and for myself to be able to learn from somebody like you richard because like you said you're over 300 episodes and you've been doing this a while you do a lot of episodes this is what you do for a living you know for me i do this I tell people this is my therapy session when I can get one any, when I can go on anybody's show or when I'm hosting my own show, it's my therapy session. I don't have to cough up a hundred dollars to go talk to a psychiatrist. I get to talk to my great brothers and sisters. You know, I get yeah. to listen to them. They get to listen to me. It's my therapy session, you know? And so for me, what I try to tell people, I said, does it, is it hard? Yeah. Podcasting can get hard. It can get very hard trying to find a host to upload your shows. How do I finding edit, edit programs? How do I edit my shows? How do I get the views? How do I just tell people it comes with time? I say, you know, you meet great people like yourself that has, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers and you got hundreds of thousands of views. I said, it all comes with time like anything else. If you stay consistent, it will come with you. And that's what a lot of people told me. You're consistent. You're over 100 episodes in. This isn't just a fad for you. You're doing what you want to do. And it comes with time. Always, always tell people, go and share, share the episodes. If it doesn't benefit you, I bet you, you know, somebody it could benefit somebody who likes to listen to podcasts, somebody who likes to listen to just listen to listen. They just put it on and just listen to it. They probably don't even know what they're talking about. They just have it on just so they can listen to it. So, I mean, honestly, for me, I don't know if there's anything ever really that my biggest thing right now, how I, what I'm trying to figure out is how to get sponsors. That's my biggest thing. How do I get sponsors? How can I show that I'm beneficial to you for sponsorships, you know? That's one of the biggest things I'm learning right now. And like you said, I mean, with Travis Johnson over there, the nonprofit architect, he's doing amazing things too. And he's got, he's getting self-established and everything like that. And I'm glad to be able to call, that's my brother. I'm able to call him. He lives right down the street from me. So me and him, we'll go out to eat. We'll go out to lunch. We'll go out and do stuff. And I'll be able to pick his brain a little bit because it's great to have him close to me to be able to like, yeah, let me show you something. Let me teach you something. Let me, let me teach. That's the biggest thing is just being able to help each other, honestly. In the podcast world, it's hard. I mean, that's what I tell people. If you don't like my show, there's plenty of veteran shows out there that you listen to. Plenty of them. You know, pick one, you know.
0: Yep. I mean, like for me, you know, if I don't know about something, I'm going to invite somebody on the show to explain it to me. That's the great thing about having my own platform. I can, you know, like I'm invited to over. Because I want to know, you know, besides I want to promote the hell out of whatever you're doing. That's what <laughs> right. I'm, I'm all about that.
1: but Absolutely.
0: I my audience to know, you know, um, if you are interested in plant medicine, this is the way to go. This Absolutely. is why use it. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of podcasters are afraid to have other podcasters on their show, which I totally don't understand. I don't get right. that whatsoever. But, you know... But now, you know, you're talking like you're over a hundred episodes right now. There's 2 million episodes. I mean, 2 million podcasts right now, but only only 1 million of them are active after 13 episodes. Oh, really? If you hit over 13 episodes, you're in the top 10% of the podcasting world. Wow. I didn't even know that. See, you know, so a lot of people, and then you also get a lot of people that are like, I, guys, we're gonna talk about podcasting a little bit now. Uh, my, one of my favorite <laughs> stuff now. Uh, right. you know, a lot of people think, oh, man, uh, to start, I got to have the best camera. I got to have the best microphone. But if you look at Gary Vaynerchuk, his first couple um, episodes where he was going to garage sales with his flip phone making videos, they got like 10 right. million views. Right. So you don't need all that. You just need something. Maybe you just might need a phone. And you can start your podcasting career today. Absolutely. So now with you, when you first started out, how'd you figure out, all right, I want to, you know, get a camera. Uh, How'd you find a host for your show? How'd you do all the beginning stuff?
1: And it was tough. You know what I'm saying? It was tough. Luckily, luckily, my wife loves cameras. She always has, I always try to get her the top of the line camera. You know, she loves canons, and I always try to make her, make because she's like, oh, I like to have that camera. Oh, I like to have that camera. And so luckily I was blessed enough to actually have bought her a camera for Christmas. And that's what I use to shoot my show. You know, I actually had not too long ago. I had Patrick, he's a new podcast he's on episode, I think he's on episode six now. And he his, his podcast is called knock and talk. He's a uh, prior air force guy, Mr. Then,
0: yes. I actually yes. helped him get his show on, on Apple yesterday.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's one of the things he's brand new in the podcast world, and hopefully he sticks with it. Like I tell you guys, podcasting's hard. It can be very hard trying to find guests, topics and all kinds of things. but you have to make it make it your show. People want to listen about you. People want to listen to what you have to say. You know people, people are nosy and people want to know what's going on in your life and what's going on and how can you benefit. You know, just, people are nosy, they just want to talk, they just want to listen, you know. And so for me, I was I was lucky enough. We used my wife's camera. She 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 was actually the one that was getting ready to start her own podcast, and we were getting her set up to go. And she, I saw her doing, it and I was like, man, maybe I should start a podcast. Maybe I could do a podcast, you know, just a veteran podcast, right? How many veteran podcasts are out there? There's only a couple of thousand, right? What's one more, you know? And so I, I'm able to use my wife's Canon. You know, I had Patrick on the show. And he's like, wow, your picture quality is amazing. I said, but I just, I mean, it's a, it's an old Canon, it's an old Mark II, you know, 5D Mark II Canon. It's older, it's a lot older, you know, but that's what I use. And I got me, I got a lens on there. I got a, a 40 millimeter lens on it that I use, you know. It, you pay a little bit more for it. it's like a 200 lens, but my wife, like I said, my wife loves taking pictures, and so that's why I use the camera for, you know. But like I said, when I got the camera, I had to find a cable to run to the computer. I had to find. I had to find alternate battery source because everybody knows you use just the regular battery that comes in it. Those things die after so long, after a few minutes, you know? And so I had to find an alternate battery source that I could plug so the camera stays plugged in all the time, almost like a webcam. And then and then for the microphone, I just saw a cool microphone on Facebook one day and I said, like, I like that microphone. It took forever to get to me, but I like it. it it's a standpoint. It's a gold mic, you know? And like I said, I just won the podcast, Top Marine Podcast. And one of the benefits of winning that, I won a brand new red, white, and blue Shure M7 microphone. So I'm super excited to get that in. I that should be in here soon. They told me Shure's mailing it to me, but I was like, I oh, don't know they're going to mail it to me because I'm the stone vet and I don't think they're, – they're, they're very stigmatic against cannabis, you know? So I'm like, I got – they better send it to me. I won, you know what I'm saying? That was, well, that was part of the deal, you know, regardless, regardless of the name of the show. That was part of the deal, you know? How did you find a host? And so, for my hosts, so my, so I, I'm on YouTube, like everybody else. I'm on YouTube, but for my hosts, man, there's so I, I YouTube the crap out of it because there's a lot of different people, like yourself. You're on Anchor. There's so many different hosts out there. You have to find out what's gonna be beneficial for you because for me, I didn't, I wasn't even, I was this past summer. I was gonna start loading it everything up like around May June time. From I was gonna start loading all my stuff, finding a host and trying to load it on an audio platform for people to listen to. And when, when Sh- my brother Shane over at Broken Jarhead said, Hey, I'm doing a veteran podcast awards. And the only way you can be in it is that you have to be, you have to have somebody hosting your shows and you have to be on, on Apple. You got to be on iTunes. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And at that point I was already sitting at like, I want to say it was like 47 episodes in and I was like, oh, man, now I got to convert everything over from video to audio. And I was like, man, this is going to take me forever. Sure enough, it took me about two two weekends. It took me about two, yeah, two weekends to get everything converted over. So I, I YouTube the crap out of hosts, like what host is going to be beneficial for me? Because if some of them are like, well, you can only upload so much. Or you so can only you do. going." With? I went. So for me, I I ended up going with Simplecast. A gentleman on YouTube was like, check out Simplecast because Simplecast, they didn't say they didn't have it to where you can only upload so much or you can only you can only do so much. And if you get so many downloads, then after so long, we take your videos down and stuff like that. And I'm like, what is going on? Like I said, I got a lot of videos I have to upload. So I need I need to be able to upload all my video, all my audio files now and then Outside of that, I'm like, man. So I found Simplecast. And Simplecast is like, dude, when you start getting over 50,000 downloads, we'll we'll email you and let you know you probably need to upgrade your package. So I I bought bought like the medium package to where you can get up to 50,000 downloads. And after 50,000 downloads, like I said, they will email you and say, you may need to consider upgrading your package. They won't take anything down. They won't freeze it. They won't do anything. And it met my needs because I was like, I mean, the day I get 50,000 downloads that's gonna be a day to celebrate you know what I'm saying I mean I'll, I'll be up there with Richard Kaufman and Travis Johnson up there with over 50,000 downloads be like okay yeah I can up, I can upgrade my package now you know but by that time hopefully I got enough sponsors to be able to pay for that for me you know what I'm saying
0: now if you guys are listening and I'm gonna give you a quick uh, secret there's a reason why and I'm not gonna tell you why you're gonna have to message me but there's a <laughs> why I use anchor. And it's a very good reason. And it's the reason why I'm able to um, get into the top top 100 iTunes and also being able to interview Mr. John Lee Dumas next next Wednesday, who gets a million downloads a month.
1: A million downloads a month? He what char- is he talking about? I need to find out har- what he's
0: talking about. He char- he he charges $6,500 per guest that comes on his show.
1: Wow. So he's charging people to come on his show. Yep,
0: because he gets a million downloads a month. And he 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 breaks eight figures a year. God, that'd be the on day. my show that'd be next day. week. He's coming on my show next week and I get to ask him whatever questions I want. So if you guys oh. want a little want to know a secret, how I start getting these top-rated guests, let me know in the comments when you guys get this, and I'll and I'll hook up with you guys. So now Talk to us about your podcast. How do we find it? How do we support you? And how can we support your mission?
1: Well, let me tell you what, Richard. Let me tell you what how you can find me. You actually <laughs> taught me the trick, dude. Remember when I had first had you on the show? Like I said, you're like my first third, like you're like my third guest or something. Like you were you were Mr. You were already on top veteran podcast, right? You're already on the list of the top 25 veteran podcasts. You, Travis, Annette. All you guys were on there and I was like, man, how do I know these people that are already you're already getting publicity for being some of the top veteran podcast out there right now. Right. And so, like I said, you guys have motivated me to continue, continue pursuing what I'm doing here. So because of you, because of you, Richard, you remember when you said just hashtag it, right? You You remember that,
0: right? I was just on a podcast, like right before I got on the show and I'm actually wearing my t-shirt that says hashtag the comeback coach.
1: Right. You taught me that. Right. So I, I've done it. And guess what? It's established now. So if you go to Google and you type in hashtag the Stone Vet USMC, you're going to find me everywhere. You're going to find everything about me. You'll find my Facebook page. You'll find my YouTube page. You'll find all my YouTube art. You'll find every. you find all kinds of stuff, man. I had my brother over at Brian Haxton over at Fully Baked Vets. He's like, look at this. He said he, he, he put it in his Google search hashtag the Stone Vet USMC. It pulled up all my YouTube art for all my YouTube, all my videos. And I was like, look at that, dude. He's like, dude, we did it. I said, it's there. I said, all thanks to Mr. Richard Kaufman. Richard Kaufman's the guy that said, hashtag it, dude. Just hashtag it. Sure enough, yeah. it's all over the place. You hashtag. So if you go to Google, you type in hashtag the Stone Vet USMC, you'll find everything on me. You'll find my YouTube channel. You'll find all my I'm on every audio platform. iHeartRadio, radio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes. I'm everywhere. I don't even know wherever. If I'm not there, let me know. I'm on Good Pods. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on, I'm all over the place. If I'm not on, if I'm not on a platform, message me so I can ensure that I get it on that platform. Because it's all that's what it's about is being able to be on as many platforms so you can listen to my show anytime. I got I got episodes that come out Wednesday. That's my Veteran Trash Talk episodes. I do lives every Thursday with Vet Radio Syndicate. And then my episode comes out every Friday promoting every small, every small business entrepreneur out there, you know, Yep. which, which, which is, which is amazing. I love being able to do that because like I said, it helps show my brothers and sisters that, Hey, this is what they're doing now. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is where they're at and this is what they're doing, you know? And so like this Friday, like this Friday, I'm super excited for the episode I have coming out this Friday This Friday, I actually have my brother. If you guys don't know who Kyle Killinger is, go check him out. He has his own nonprofit called Because He Is My Brother. He's actually doing a walk, run, bike, climb across the country right now. He started out in San Diego earlier this summer. I think it was back in June, July timeframe. And he's currently in Indiana right now. He just made it home. And he's going to finish off in dc in november i want to say it's like november 6th is what he told me so i've got his episode coming out this friday which which i'm super excited about his name is kyle because he is my brother doing he's raising awareness for the 22 veterans that we lose every day you know he for that's what that's what i'm super excited about is to have him coming out what he's doing, his mission is incredible. He's another jarhead. He, but he 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 decided to raise awareness, and he's the third person that he knows to w- walk across the country to raise awareness. I was like, that's tremendous, and for him, it, it's been a spiritual walk for him. It's been he's been able to let go of the luggage he's been carrying for fifteen years, able to let it go along his journey from California to Washington D.C. And I'm super excited to bring that episode out.
0: I love it. So now, my last question I ask everybody, and I love the question because I ask a thousand people, I get a thousand different answers. Um, and it's gonna. This is gonna be a, a two part question. So um, now, obviously, we're still in a COVID world, um, and because of our, our amazing governor, we're going back in lockdown here in New Jersey. So a lot of people lost their jobs. <laughs> a lot of people are driving Uber, uh, DoorDash, just to put food in their kids' mouths. So the average person. If I ask them to do something in seven days, they're never going to get to it because we're so busy. But if I ask somebody that's listened to, listening to us right now on the show to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely to take that step. So like I said, it's going to be a two-part question. First part, if somebody out there is struggling with their mental health, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to get some help? Second part of the question is if somebody is struggling with thinking about starting a podcast, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to get a podcast started.
1: So for me, like any other brother and sister out there as a veteran, we hate asking for help. We always hate asking for help. We hate we hate reaching out to somebody and saying, "Hey, I need your help," right? Now, I struggle with it. I know a lot of brothers and sisters that I've talked to in my network struggle with asking for help. Don't be afraid you guys have your you guys have close connections like I said, I built my network. my network is massive. I have great people in my network, you know I recently just met with Tracy Diane over with Fit Military Women. I just met her and she me shit we we relate so much like she's on my level. she thinks exactly like how I think and so I know I can pick up the phone and give her a call and say, hey, I'm hurt right now, I need your help I, t- I, I tell you guys on my episode doing this episode right now is what i tell people i always tell people so we lose everybody knows we lose 22 veterans a day right but nobody talks about the 35 plus veterans we lose to opioid addiction every day so every day in america we're losing 57 veterans we're losing 57 brothers and sisters every day so as we're as we're as we are are able to right now shoot this episode and be able to hang out with each other we got a brother or sister taking their own life for dying from opioid addiction right now, and it sucks. I always challenge you guys to reach out to your brother and sister. If you ain't talked to one of them in a while, pick up the phone and call them. We all got Facebook. Everybody's on Facebook. Get on there and say, hey, brother, I was thinking about you. Send them a message. I want to say I love you. I miss you. I, all sure doing time. Okay. I do you that all the time. All the time. You have to, right? We have our own lives. Don't get me wrong. We have our own lives. We get busy. We have shit. I'm married. I've been with my wife for 22 years this April. We've got seven kids. She runs a business in a distribution center. I work for the federal government. We have our own lives. I understand that. But take what two minutes out of your day. What do you do for the government? I work I work, I work. work emergency management for the federal government. I do emergency management, right? I live in Oklahoma. What better place to be an emergency manager than in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. And so I do that. But that's what I try to challenge people. I challenge people, go and do it. Go and reach out to your brother and sister. It takes two minutes out of your day. You know, you could be sitting on the toilet and you'd be like, I'm going to read, I'm going to message him real quick while I got a minute. You know, do it. Don't look at TikTok. Don't look at Facebook. Just message him and say, Hey, brother, I miss you. I just want to make sure you're doing okay. I ain't talked to you in a while. You know, I forget. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I forget sometimes to reach out to people, but I try to reach out to as many people as I can. You know, and if you want to start a podcast, do it. What's going to happen? You're going to get scared. You don't know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it either. It's all a learning process, but you reach out to people. You can reach out to me personally, and I'll help you any way I can because there's there's plenty of podcasts, plenty of people out there, and that's the biggest struggle. YouTube. YouTube YouTube becomes your best friend when it comes to podcasting. There's so many people out there that give informational videos, you know, and read it and do some research on it. That's why I tell people, always do research. Always do your own research so you have a better understanding for yourself because for me as a veteran, I'm a visual learner. I have to see it so I can learn it, you know, I, you, you could talk about it, but I'm not going to listen because I, I don't see it. I don't see how it's working. But if you're a visual learner, get on YouTube, man. That's, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of different people on there talking. To, this is the best cameras, the best microphones. You know what? You don't have to spend a whole lot of money. You really don't. Like Richard was saying, use your cell phone. Record it on your cell phone and upload it. You know, Upload it to YouTube or just upload an audio file. Convert it over to an audio file and just upload it on a host. Find a host that's going to be good for you. You know, it's yep. there's just a lot. There's a lot of information out there when you get in the podcast world. And one day, it's like I tell people, one day I'll be bigger than Joe Rogan. I'll get there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know.
0: Yep. And that's you know they call me the Joe Rogan of GI of GI Joe, so I, I get it.
1: So guys, <laughs> there you go.
0: If you get a chance, check out Stone Vet USMC. A great show. If you if you want to have a show where you're going to have a lot of fun, definitely check out one. Uh, Uh, you know, you're doing great things over there. Sergeant G's amazing, brother. I just want to say thank you for your friendship all these years. And if there's anything I can ever do for you and your family, you know, I'm down.
1: Absolutely, brother. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you still doing this. And actually, you know, like I said, there's so many podcasts out there and you find your passion. This is my passion. I love talking to my brothers and sisters whenever I can and just being able to help, help each other. Like I tell you guys, you wanna find me, hashtag it. Hashtag the Stone Vet USMC. You'll find me on every platform. You'll find me on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, freaking Instagram. <laughs> all the all the other all the platforms that are out there, smoking bacon. You'll find me. If you want to message me, message me. You want to come on the show? Give me a call. Message me. Facebook message me. If message me, email me, do whatever. I'll bring you on the show, dude. You don't even have to have a business. I'll bring you on the show because like I said, it's my counseling session and it's my opportunity to meet somebody new that I never would have met any other way. All
0: right, brother. Well, God bless and have an amazing week.
1: Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for this opportunity, man. You have an amazing week as well. Peace out.
0: Later. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.